Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Summits Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Uh, if you're on YouTube and you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button, hit the little notification bell so you can be alerted when new episodes like this one drop. We would greatly appreciate it. For everybody else listening in, wherever you get your podcasts, we appreciate you guys joining us. Uh, today's a, a very attitude-driven episode day, and I'll, I'll get into why that's the case, or you'll learn here shortly. Um, want to introduce you guys to a longtime friend of mine, Mr. Mr. Glenn Bill, a.k.a. Coach Bill. Yes, sir. And we'll talk about that, Coach too. Coach Bill. Thanks for joining us today. Yes. Um, well... I'll let you introduce yourself because I know I know you've done that a bazillion times. And I have. probably have a variety of different ways that you do it. Scott, so. this, you're saying he has it rehearsed a little bit? I don't know. Uh, I don't know about Perhaps. Natural maybe. talent, maybe. Natural talent. Yeah. I don't know. Hopefully. <laughs> so, uh, well, thanks for having me. My name's Glenn Bill. I'm a um, local uh, Indianapolis-based speaker, uh, author, podcast host, real estate broker, and uh, entrepreneur, serial entrepreneur. No, no other titles. You know, no other titles. I, <laughs> no, I, I got all kinds of crazy stuff going. <laughs> so, uh, but um, uh, been uh, coach football for twenty five years. Coached this uh, unbelievable quarterback, uh, Big Vince. <laughs> he was good. Number eight, correct? Or eleven? Uh, it's been so long. He doesn't even remember his own freaking number. <laughs> unbelievable. I'm pretty sure you're number Big eight. Vince. I think I had my bell rug a few too many times. Yeah. It's a little fuzzy. Right. Big Vince. I don't know. If, I don't know if I've ever heard Big Vince in the. Let it, uh, let it ride. Come Just on, let it go. I'm five okay. nine All with right. shoes on. <laughs> yeah. Big Jeez. Vince, baby. <laughs> so um, yeah, so I wrote this book called The ABCs of Attitude. Uh, it became a number one international bestseller. Uh, I go around the country and speak for Fortune 500 companies and anybody that is willing to pay me um, about attitude. So I have attitude keynotes that we do. And our keynotes are uh, attitude keynotes as they relate to leadership, as they relate to customer service, as they relate to disruption, as they uh, relate to uh, morale, company morale. And um, our podcast, the Get Attitude Podcast, we uh, interview influencers uh, and innovators. So season two, season three, we're getting ready to start launching. Uh, looks like it's going to maybe be March 7th. Okay. So, uh, two great years. They've been very successful. We were fortunate enough to win a communicator award with that podcast Nice, and real proud of that. So check out, uh, black history month being t this month, uh, the 846 interviews stories of black America. I think we had about 80,000 downloads on that one. So nice. it was a, nice. it was a very we're right behind you, right behind <laughs> just, 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 just that's okay. Yeah. It'll happen. It'll happen. Um, and so, uh, yeah, that's been a lot of fun. Yeah. And, um, you know, and that's what I, that's what's going on with the attitude. So uh, we're trying to change the world one attitude at a time. Where's your Where's your the best keynote you like where you went to do it? Like, what's your favorite one? Is there a standout one that so, you've done over the years? Uh, actually, uh, home home court uh, Ascension Health hired me okay. to speak, and uh, they rented out Bankersfield House. Oh wow! 
So yeah, I was on about a 40 foot stage, yeah. uh, completely felt like a rock star. They had a couple thousand people on the yeah. floor. They give you some walkout music. Oh yeah. Nice. Oh, I had a green room. <laughs> oh wow. Uh, nice. I parked underneath the thing, walked <laughs> only in. Only blue M&M's. Did the whole deal. Yeah. Only blue M&M's, <laughs> 72 degrees, right? <laughs> this water's too cold. It's <laughs> got to be tepid. Um, so yeah, that made me feel like a rock star for sure. That was fun. And hopefully someday I'll get back to Banker's Life, but I've played some pretty big venues and done that, and yeah. uh, it's been fun. Nashville, uh, Tennessee, I've done some pretty big stuff there, and that's been good. Big stages there, and uh, but I've been all over. You know, I mean, I spoke for Famous State's appliance store down in Tampa Bay, Florida, okay. and beautiful venue. But uh, all of a sudden, as I was doing this, I I did what's called PSA Tech, which is the largest, um, oh, like uh, technology security conference and for some reason um these people integrated it's about integration with uh the appliance business well all these appliance guys were in the audience and like hey we love you come so i was like doing the appliance circuit for <laughs> seven or eight months and uh i didn't care the appliance people were great and it was awesome so nice. we've spoken to geologists uh all the way to like i said to ascension health which is probably our biggest show yeah wow. so awesome. but it, now you're a born and raised hoosier Yes, sir. I mean, we grew up in the same area. Yes. Um, you also went to Bishop Chittard High School, correct? That is correct. Yes. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. You also, did you play football in college? I did at Ball State at Ball University. State. Okay. Yeah. Ball I thought State. So. Yep. Chirp, okay. chirp. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Go Cardinals. Yeah. yeah. Um, when, when you when you got out of Ball State, um, did you go straight into real estate or what? Yeah. So, you know, my football career was, um, um, shortened i decided to have a family when i was really young and so i uh got into um apartment leasing i did very well doing that i created some really uh industrious programs and that story is told in a new book not to self-promote that's coming out <laughs> next month called source of sales a realtor's guide to increased um, confidence increased conversions and increased commissions and okay. I've smashed my 35-year real estate career into that book uh, to help agents fast-track their success in real estate. And uh, so I got into real estate at 19, and, wow. um, and nobody wanted to hire me. I found a little broker that was willing to do that mm -hmm. and um, became the top salesperson. Then I ended up buying a company at 23 and selling it at 37. And um, that was kind of how the real estate thing played out. And so now I do commercial and residential. I love real estate. It's so fun. Mm -hmm. uh, and it allows me the flexibility. I coached high school football for 25 years. And um, the, the career, you know, they it was funny, Google just did a, uh, they, they said the most searched profession right now is real estate sales. Very yeah. interesting. So like yeah. more people want to become realtors than ever before. Yeah. And um, now I'm involved with EXP Realty, which is a cloud-based brokerage. We've gotten rid of the bricks and sticks brokers, and uh, we are all cloud-based completely. And so um, it's a revolutionary platform. We've had 50,000 agents join us in the past two years. Wow. Uh, and it's, uh, it's something that's never, ever been done in the history of real estate. Yeah. So that's exciting to be a part of as well. Yeah, yeah. It is. Um, no one will ever accuse you of not being busy. Right. I mean, ever since day one. I mean, I, I, I don't remember a whole lot from the high school days, but I do remember um, what you just shared, meaning take the attitude, which you've always had, mm -hmm. and the work ethic, which you've always had, 
putting those together, then it explains why where you are today. Yeah. Um, and I, I know as a much younger individual, less mature, it's probably a better way of putting it. <laughs> um, I always looked up to you cause I, 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 I've, you know, knowing where you came from, knowing your history, um, certainly some, I would say a role model perhaps of someone, Hey, you know, if I could work, work my ass off, like, like him, chances right. are you're going to be all right. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you. That's awfully nice of you. But I, you know, I would say that, uh, looking at your father and what he's done and what he created much of the same thing. And, um, so that old, uh, you know, COVID has been interesting. Uh, the great resignation, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody's like, this isn't fulfilling. Uh, I don't want to work my ass off anymore because I don't have to, because you know what, for two years, everybody got a vacation and a break and all that. And they're like, Oh my God, there's more to life. <laughs> so, you know, the pendulum will swing back. And yeah. then when everybody's sitting around being lazy, not working, they're going to start going, I think I want toys again. I think I want <laughs> vacations yeah. and I'm going to need money. So right. uh, hopefully the pendulum is swinging back and we're past the COVID issues. But, um, you know, as, as devastating and as tragic as COVID was to a lot of families and a lot of um, families who lost people, there are positives, right, that come out of COVID. And um, that's what attitude is all about. It's simply defined as the way you dedicate yourself to the way you think. So no matter whatever is in front of you, the great thing is it's, it's your choice. You get to choose how to look at it. And I looked at COVID and I was like, this is freaking awesome. There's no traffic. <laughs> I mean, there's literally no right. traffic. You can get anywhere in town. Anywhere. In 10 minutes. And That's I could great. go to the grocery yeah. store and no one was there. I'm like, there's no waiting at yeah. all. This is awesome. Yeah. So, um, you know, there was, you know, I, I didn't mind COVID. I had a good positive attitude. I'm like, all right, this is new. And, um, I, you know, I kind of dug it. I, I, I've had it twice. I was, you know, got the vaccines, but still got it. So, you know, I'm not sure what that's all about, but we don't need to get into a COVID discussion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the attitude, I, I'm doing a lot of keynotes right now that, that talk about how to thrive in the pandemic and what now, like what now is going to happen. And um, a lot of companies are wanting that. There is a lot of mental illness there's a lot of people that are just freaking out and they're down mm -hmm. because why they're, they're focusing on the right, the wrong thing. And yeah. there's an old saying, you feel what you focus on. So if you focus on crap, guess what? You feel like crap. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, a fair yeah. point. Yeah. Uh, we talked about this a little bit ahead of time, but we've attitude comes up quite a bit in the different episodes that we've done. Um, as it gets back to the topic of cancer, attitude plays a huge role. And as we discussed, I mean, it, it, it plays a huge role in life in general, but in the, the cancer experience, um, a lot of times we'll talk to people recently diagnosed or friends and family caring who are caregivers for someone battling it right now, that the, the overwhelming um, idea of attitude plays a huge role. Mm -hmm. um, I guess tying that into some of the attitude talks that you give, how, how, could, how would you say that the things that, that you're out there um, I guess, teaching people, preaching about attitude, how would that tie into someone perhaps dealing with a cancer diagnosis or just battling that or, or being a caregiver in general? Uh, sure. I mean, the, uh, you know, the simple fact is, is that there's plenty of books and there's plenty of data that show that, and I just interviewed James Malinchek about this and he told the story about his, his sister dying from cancer. And they gave her three months to live and she lived for nine months and they did visualization. They did relaxation. They did meditation. They did uh, positive chance. 
And um, for some reason, and I think it's not only her, but I think there's many instances of people who have been cured or at least uh, postponed their demise because of what was going on in their head. And so um, you are what you think about all day long, right? Mm -hmm. The question is, is what are you thinking about? Um, so if you're a cancer patient, there are cancer patients that want to lay in bed and focus on death, and that's eventually where they're going to go pretty quick. There are cancer patients that sit there and go, hey, I still got three months to live. There's stuff I'm going to do. And that's what they do. And so, you know, I, obviously attitude's not going to beat cancer, but uh, from diagnosis to death, um, certainly it's a person's choice on how they want those final days to be. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, for some people, they may find more comfort and they may find more motivation by um, staying at home, by not telling anybody, by becoming recluse. And there's other people that, that don't care that go, hey, let's create a foundation. Let's start making some money and let's let's cure this stuff. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know what? It uh, very quite simply, it's a choice. Um, there's no right. There's no wrong. It's just what the way people choose to be. And when we look at the issues of the day, when we look at, um, you know, racism, which we're, we get a lot of that going on right now, it's really about how people choose to look at what's happening. And uh, the conflict comes in when people start saying, no, <laughs> you're wrong because you look at something this way. So um, the University of Attitude, people always go, where's the University of Attitude? I said, we got 400 million campuses and it's the six <laughs> yeah. inches between your ears, baby. Right. <laughs> and so uh, everybody's a part of the University, uh, the University of Attitude and we try to help people live their life in a positive way because you know, bottom line is living it in a negative way sucks and it's not productive right. and it doesn't um, accomplish attitude booster number 10, which is be a part of something bigger than you. And so, um, you know, we know this for a fact that you'll always do more for somebody else than you will for yourself. And so attitude booster number 10, which is in the book that we talk about is it's like, you know, your listeners that are out there right now need to be going, am I really a part of something bigger than me? And if you're not, I would probably tell you that the Heroes Foundation is something that maybe you should look at, get involved with, because what you guys are doing here at the Summits podcast is great to bring an awareness to um, cancer and cancer survival is really cool. So yeah. well, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Um, when you talk, you, you hit the nail on the head when we talk to people recently diagnosed and maybe they're not necessarily in a, a uh, uh, I guess, a good headspace or. Yeah, I mean, like, just, they're just kind of lost it's a little bit. Overwhelming, right? Well, I mean, it's overwhelming, yeah. um, and I guess the the biggest thing that we're we're trying to push is like go into it if at all possible with this attitude of you know I'm gonna kick its ass. Mm -hmm. And I know it's easy for someone on the outside to say, um, but that's really kind of the, the the thing that we keep preaching to the patient, but also to the people around them mm -hmm. is look, pump that person up. They're gonna have some crappy days. Um, do what you can, and I know it's easier said than done, but do what you can to pump them up because to your point, the attitude of tackling it, doing whatever you can to try to beat it, and then make, you know, if, if, if you have a good prognosis or perhaps it's a terminal prognosis, at least making what time you do have left mm -hmm. as best, as good as possible. Um, the, and, and I think, you know, just to add to that, um, and again, I. My experience has been that if you can get a cancer patient 
to do something bigger than them, to do something for someone else, to get them volunteering, to get them, you know, the focus goes off of the cancer and we're all human beings are inherently meant to help. And um, kicking cancer's ass is great, but uh, going and helping an old lady shop, even though you feel like crap because you had a chemo thing and you pick her up and you spend an hour at the store and bring her back, you know, now people feel like, hey, I got some vitality. My day had meaning. And um, the bottom line is, is if cancer patients only focus on themselves, which is very easy to do, I get that. Uh, I think the real gift is helping them focus on other people, putting them into situations and um, events where they're actually living their life and helping others. And then, you know, what amazingly happens is they don't even think about the pain. They don't think about how they feel. So uh, just what I've witnessed uh, through that. So again, I think it's great that you're talking about this. There's very few people that have the guts to do it. So I'm proud of you guys for doing yeah. this yeah thanks thick dad sure <laughs> um so that's, that's a great, probably a good segue uh we talk everyone shares you know a, a different cancer story and that's that was one of the, the the ideas about doing this podcast was everyone has a cancer story mm -hmm. i mean like it or not we've all been touched by it in some way shape or form um so with that glenn what, what is your cancer story so i mean i got a look i know a lot of people that died of cancer uh my father passed away about 10 years ago and my mother was pretty sick uh, for about 10 years. She didn't have cancer. She had a lot of other issues. Um, but as he was taking care of her, and I guess this is maybe why I just said what I said, he had cancer for 13 years and never told anyone. Hmm. Wow. So like, here's the reality. If you're listening to this, there may be somebody in your life that has cancer and you don't even know it. Yeah. There also may be somebody that's driving in front of you too slow that doesn't know what the hell's going on. And instead of uh, honking and flipping them the bird, maybe they got cancer or they just found out that they got cancer, right? And so, um, you know, compassion is something that is needed in this world. Um, and so my cancer story was, you know, simply that uh, we found out one day that my dad had cancer and they're like, well, yeah, he's had it for 13 years. He didn't tell anybody. Wow. And it got him pretty quick. He had cancer of the spine and, um, you know, he fought it. He fought it. We, we were about a year with him where we kind of knew finally. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it took him down pretty quick. So um, he lived a great life. He coached in six decades uh, in the CYO. He was a giver. And, um, you know, cancer didn't define him. Yeah. And so, you know, unfortunately it is what it is. And, uh, we miss him to this day. Losing a parent is horrible. And, uh, you know, that's my cancer story is that they, I was never told my dad had cancer because <laughs> he handled it, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. He kicked its ass yeah. and, and all that stuff. He just yep. said, well, what he did was he said, Hey, I gotta, I gotta help my wife. So he focused all of his energy on helping her and obviously was able to live through it for quite some time. Yeah. So that was his way of taking his attitude yeah. and pouring it into others. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, he was, he won his, he won the, you know, me and this guy third and fourth. Yeah. He won a 34 city championship CYO football. That's for all of us guys <laughs> like me and Vince. It's, you know, that's big. He was 80 years old. He was 80 years old winning a third and fourth grade football. So if you ever watch an 80 year old man with cancer coaching 25 third and fourth graders, pretty amazing. Yeah. Pretty so he amazing. also had a lot of patience. Um, yeah, not really, <laughs> not really, but he, you know, he taught, you know, he, 
you can't coach kids like he coached them, you know. And and his yeah. message was he looked at him when he he was at the KSC bar and he's he just looked like crap. And I'm like, you okay? He goes, oh, these guys are gonna kill me, Glenn. <laughs> and uh, I said, well, what happened? He goes, he said, I looked at my team and, he, and he, I said, he said, you know why I coach you guys? And they're all like, because oh, of the uniforms and the hat. <laughs> and like he's like, no. He said, I'm coaching you because I want to teach you how to compete, right? And he's like, the art of competing, uh, the love of competition, the ability to not fear competition is something that is lacking in children your age. <laughs> and then in my dad's classic form, he goes, and you need to understand something. If you don't understand how to compete, you guys are going to get your ass kicked. I'm like, it's a little heavy, Pop. That's a little heavy to tell these kids. <laughs> You had it. You had him in the first three quarters, and you lost them there. The, yeah, <laughs> um, but you know what? I think that was the team that went on to win. But but it is true, and I think that you yeah. know it parallels with this cancer thing. It's like you know, sometimes you got to compete, and maybe competition's not fun. Uh, but I think competing is certainly a lot better for your mental health, for your emotional health, than not competing and quitting, mm -hmm. which is the ultimate loss, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I occasionally get accused of being too competitive sometimes. No. Yeah. And, Never um, heard that. I get it. I, and I, I, it, it's, just, it's just who I am. I, I'm not going to change. I would say more often than not, it's a positive thing. Mm -hmm. There can be some drawbacks to it, certainly. Yeah. Sometimes in the moment. I mean, if you never witnessed that, have yeah. you? No, I, I yeah. mean, I pro probably personally I have. Well, yeah. yeah. I'm not on the golf course or anything. No, and never. Nah, <clears throat> no, no. You I guys golfers? We are. Yep. Oh, mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. Good. Mm -hmm. Well, you can take me out and beat my ass sometime. I'm, te Perfect. I'm terrible. Perfect. We can do that. Good ego boost. But I love like it. That. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We just drilled the attitude guy on the golf course. <laughs> he just pounded it. He was terrible. Help. We'll check in with your attitude after the round. See right. How it goes. No, yeah. it'd be fine. You know, like I'd rather compete and lose than not compete. Right. The so. best part, though, is when we're all done, we can sit down, have a water or whatever your preference is. And and, and talk about it. Yeah. Talk it out. Yeah. Yep. There you go. Yeah. So who's better? Who's better between you two? Oh, experience meets beats beauty in this in the situation. Okay. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. <laughs> the beautiful yeah. one. Uh -huh. yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um. So let's go back to attitude real quick. Um. If it, when you give these talks, you pr you mm -hmm. have your list of attitude boosters. Um, but what, what are like the key takeaways when you, when you do your talks to right. a hundred people or a hundred thousand people, right. if there's two or three or five nuggets of wisdom that you want them to take away, sure. what are those? So, um, we always cover the three biggest mistakes people make with their attitude and the book's called the ABCs of attitude. So of course the three biggest mistakes start with a B and C. Okay. And so the first biggest mistake that people make with their attitude that we study is something called attitude addiction. And we always say that attitude addiction is the most underdiagnosed addiction in America because there's so many people that say, well, that's just me. Uh, I would never think like that. Uh, I'm not good enough. You know, whatever story, you know, the bottom line is the difference between successful and unsuccessful people, happy people and unhappy people is the story that you're telling yourself. And so many people that we run into that we help are addicted to a uh, toxic story about themselves. It's self-defeating. But what happens is, is they find comfort 
and they lower their standards of their life because they're addicted to their attitude. So the biggest question, and, and only you know, only the person listening on the other side of the speaker knows, is am I addicted to my attitude and what's the story I tell myself? Um, and then, uh, so that's attitude addiction. B is called bad beliefs. And we look at, uh, you know, what are you really believing? And I think it's important for everybody as we interact with each other, as we look at circumstances, as we look at different stories to ask this very important question. And that is, is it true? And so like a lot of people don't ask, is it true enough? And so they end up believing uh, things that aren't true, right? And so many people just believe negative things. They believe that they're cursed. They believe that they're doomed and, or, you know, I'm always late or, you know, whatever. That's all on little Facebook. Bit. Huh? It's all on Facebook. It has to be yeah. true, right? Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Joe Rogan's podcast. <laughs> um, and then uh, the, C, uh, the C is what's called the can't conundrum, right? The third biggest mistake. And the can't conundrum uh, is people that focus on what they can't be, what they can't do and what they can't have instead of what they can be, what they can do and they can have. And so it's very you can when you meet people and talk to them, you can see if you're dealing with the person that lives in the can't conundrum, right? Cause they always are looking at the scarcity and not the, uh, the plentifulness that life really offers. So those are three pretty big takeaways. And, and, you know, we try to get inside the hearts and minds of our audience. And those are three things that we really try to help people get out of if we can. Um, and then when I speak, you know, we usually have uh, client specific, uh, questions and um, challenges. Uh, I always survey all the audiences that I talk to. So I get a real good feel for what is going on with these people and what their biggest challenges are. And then we go through the 10 attitude boosters. And, um, you know, certainly, I think uh, attitude booster number six, I'm a Tony Robbins um, disciple and cult member. And he gave me attitude number six, control your emotions, right? And it's like, when, when people say, I always say, what do you want most about attitude? And they say, you know, consistency is, a, I'd, I'd really like to be more consistent. I'm up and down, I'm up and down. And I always teach people that you cannot have a consistent attitude with inconsistent emotions. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't be emotional, but I'm saying you need to be able to control your emotions. And so I always like to talk about, you know, do you know people that they're not happy unless they're pissed off all the time? That is attitude booster number six, right? Damn it. So your ability <laughs> to control your emotions um, is just so big when it comes to attitude. And it's okay to be emotional, but you really need to be able to control it, right? And that gets into an awareness type thing. So Did you talk to my wife before you came on here? <laughs> no. <laughs> she said she might say I'm a little emotional. Really? Yeah. All right. Well, I should have brought my Spirited. book and you could have taken I'll bring the book in the playbook and bring you guys some swag uh, when I'm back up here. But our uh, Get Attitude playbook is simply a journal. And what's been funny is we've had a lot of couples that are like, oh, my God, we took out your playbook. Of course, it's a playbook because I'm a coach. And um, so we go A to Z. There's 26 exercises for individuals. Well, what ended up happening was like couples were doing them together. Hmm. And it was really, really cool to see what was going on there. And you guys have my business card right now with the 10 attitude boosters. And I always suggest that 
there, if you have kids at home to take this card and hand it to your kid and say, Hey hun, which one do you think dad's really good at? And which one do you think dad needs to work on? <laughs> but don't tell me. And then you kind of score yourself and then see if your answers match up. And what then, happens if they say all of them? Right. right. <laughs> what? You need a say, crash course. Say no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. You just say no. You got to pick one, you know. But uh, to do that with your kid and then both your spouses, you know, to, to kind of score your spouse, mm-hmm. it's amazing how most people are completely wrong. Like they're not, they, they all have something different. But what we found through that exercise was look at teenagers don't want to talk to their parents. Like kids don't want to talk to anyone anymore. Kids can't even stand up in a room and talk to people anymore. It's the biggest skill that is missing, uh, in our adolescence right now. And, uh, they said, Glenn, God, we got your card. I haven't talked to my kid in like two years and we freaking talked for like two hours about this. And we just went down every one. Cause you can't text it to them. You can't yeah, text it to yeah. him, right? Yeah, you don't, gotta don't talk text to him. <laughs> I think you're, you know, yeah, that's a good idea. I'm sure they tried. They would, they would send that. me a few emojis because yeah, they feel exactly. it's safer. I'm like, yeah. come on, right? You can't flip me off on an emoji. Yeah, yeah, the emojis, you know, that's just crazy. Uh, those are effective. I mean, they're effective. They don't bug me. I'm an emoji guy. I'm cool with emojis, but down with emojis. But it's so, it's just weird how that's how people communicate now, yeah. right? And you can literally do an only emoji text string with somebody that's always kind of fun yeah yeah i've done that with gifs or gifs or whatever you're supposed to call them yeah, yeah. those are fun yeah. i was i was informed gifs are out it's only emojis now oh really uh, yeah damn it's interesting yeah. yeah i've literally had an entire conversation on text via gifs gifs yeah. yeah yeah i don't know if it's a licensing deal or what i mean i i i was made a gif a couple times i know that <laughs> i don't know where they are but but i was so. you're in the land of the internet at some I'm somewhere a, somewhere yeah. yes um what what do we miss i mean I, this this list is 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 pretty telling i'm certainly <coughs> going to try that tonight um i have three teen- teenagers at home and i'm sure i will tell you the responses i get because <laughs> i want to know <laughs> i could at least say that megan my youngest will probably give me some interesting ones what would be cool is if like all three of them answered the exact same and it's possible and uh and it it is but then you're like and then if all three of them answer three different you're like oh man well that's certainly possible (laughs) they might give the same answer it's how they give it that will be different Uh aha yeah i see maddie will be very sheepish and and just well you know you might want to work on number six maybe but you know you don't really have it will be more matter of fact so you know i studied this list and i'm really thinking number six might be good and megan like yeah dad you suck at number six right you really need to work on that (laughs) And so my, she are, might add some more. So, what are their ages? Like thirteen to eighteen or something? twin eighteen-year-olds? Oh my gosh! Yeah, and then a fourteen-year-old. Oh my! And yeah. so then the eighteens are off to college. Yeah, next wow. year. Where are they going? Uh, one is for sure going to IU. Nice. So, um, that very happy and proud about that. Sorry, it's okay. Um, Boiler get, up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. I got you. Yep. The other one we haven't decided yet. Still, okay. still playing the field, figuring out what what makes the most sense for her. And then our youngest will be a freshman at Chittard in the fall. Cool. Cool. So, uh, well, that'll be good on your bank account. (laughs) Yeah. But maybe her grades are, their grades are so great. You're not having to pay for college like most people. Maybe. Maybe (laughs) not. Maybe not. (laughs) No, they're good kids. I'm so glad I'm done paying for college. You want to talk about an attitude booster? Uh, Yeah. Your kids are done. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. So, but you know, but then you get to look forward to two weddings. So there you go. Not three weddings three weddings yeah three you got three daughters all, all girls yeah. oh my mercy yeah. well funny? hopefully they'll spread it out on you yeah 
Probably <laughs> Hopefully you got a lot of equity in your home. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, I made them sign a contract when they were when they were kids, and so all listeners out there, if you have young young daughters, sign up, Taking do notes. a contract. You can write out in crayon. It's cool. Uh, chicken fingers and fries and a keg of beer. Have them sign it now. Right. I don't know That's if it'll hold up in a court of law, but that I got them to sign that. We're good. <laughs> that is your wedding dinner. Yeah. Right. Hey, you, you know, knock yourself out. Chick fil A is <laughs> killing it, so they probably are on board with that. They might. They might. So. Chick fil I would I would be completely happy eating Chick fil A at a wedding. Yeah. I can 100%. tell you that right now. 100%. Not a problem. Yes. Well, what's uh what are we missing? <clears throat> you imparted your wisdom, you gave us the tidbits, we talked about the two primary attitude boosters on here as well mm-hmm. as the ABCs. Anything else that we wanna uh that we well, I mean, you know, I don't I don't I don't know. I mean, <laughs> you just ask me a question, I'll start talking. But uh <laughs> I think I think we hit on it. Uh, sometimes, you know, um, some of the great communicators of all time said, you know, one of the greatest gifts you can have is the gift of brevity. And so, although your podcasts are sixty minutes, if we got things done in thirty-three minutes, uh, here's exactly what's going to happen: people are going to scroll and be like, "Shit, sixty minutes, sixty minutes, thirty-three. Let's listen to that guy." <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I got a great attitude. This is good. It's only thirty-three minutes. It'll be fine, right? Quality over quantity every so, time. Yeah. So. Um, you know, I mean, I I know that you guys don't want to publicize, but like what I would like to know is what are the two biggest things that the Heroes Foundation are doing for other people? Uh, what in the past 24 months during since the pandemic hit, you know, what's the story that you went, God, I can't believe we did this. This is awesome. Yeah, I'll actually answer that in reverse, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, two things with the pandemic. Number one is a lot of people bypass going to see their doctor mm. and and i can speak to this firsthand but um people are, are are missing diagnoses early diagnoses uh people are putting things off uh, they may feel that yes the hospitals are certainly overwhelmed with covid patients and that's justified but um there's telehealth uh, if you're not feeling good most doctors have incorporated that now so go s- speak to them mm-hmm. don't hold excuse me don't hold back yeah, if you have questions. Um, and then one thing we pivoted on pretty quickly, and I hate to use that term because everybody's using that term for the last few years. But Game changer. I know. <laughs> yeah. Pivoting. Um, but when we saw the, especially the ER departments, the critical care nurses, et cetera, those docs, nurses, and support staff were so ridiculously overwhelmed. We're mm. like, okay, I don't care if they're dealing with cancer patients or they're dealing obviously with the overwhelming number of COVID patients, we got to help these people out because mm. they're helping us out. Mm. So something as simple as buying a bunch of lunches and taking them in and dropping them off. We did that. It was cool. Awesome. Um, you know, I'm always, always good to keep the nurses happy. It's always a, a plus. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did a fair amount of that. Um, uh, but really the, the biggest thing for heroes right now is, is, you know, going back to the, the summits and our logo, which, um, stand for support research and prevention Cool. and just continuing to drive home those three pillars, if you will. Um, and the things that we, that we, provide funding for um on the support side it's it's providing support just as, as it says it's whether that's um, dietitian needs um, psychosocial services art music therapy helping them with their attitudes um, if they're going through the cancer experience uh, most cancer centers across the country and not just in indiana um, now have programs or services supplying that uh, that need um, the prevention side, it's, I mean, you, you've seen us a couple of times at, at our, well, it used to be Spin for Heroes, is now mm-hmm. Fit for Heroes. Yeah. 
And that is that whole thing is get your ass off the couch. I don't care if you're a cyclist, a runner, playing golf. I mean, we, we did a golf thing, yep. and most people say, well, that's not really actually. Well, yeah, but it's not sitting on the couch and, and watching more TV. Mm-hmm. It's getting out and doing something. Attitude booster number nine. Mm-hmm. There you yep. go. There Eat you right go. and exercise, folks. There you go. Um, that's what it's all about. Um, that obviously helps you in a lot of capacities, um, but it's a numbers game. I mean, mm-hmm. we're a fundraiser. It's a numbers game, just sure. like any other fundraiser. And it's getting pe- more people involved throughout the state of Indiana. Um, and getting them to become, you know, champions of the cause, and and you know, a numbers game again, growing, growing, um, growing the audience, growing the dollars, etc., uh, and preaching a better, healthier lifestyle, which then ultimately can help reduce or prevent certain types of cancer, heart disease, and a, a myriad of other um, health issues. Uh, and the last piece is research, and so. Uh, when we looked at getting into research, I mean, research takes billions of dollars. We don't have billions of dollars. Not yet. Not, Not yet. yet. Um, <laughs> but when we when we talked to different docs and we said, okay, I might have 25 grand. And I know in the world research, that's, that's nothing. He's like, yeah, it, it, to you, it may not seem like a lot, but to physicians who have a hunch, they can't just go out and get a $2 million grant because they have a hunch. Right. They got to prove a whole bunch of stuff out first. And so that 25 grand is huge because a lot, what I didn't know, in some cases, if docs are so passionate about this hunch, they will self-fund some of their research. They got to buy mice. They got to get lab supplies. They have to get people to help them out. Well, that stuff takes money. Mm -hmm. So in a way, we're kind of like seed investor, angel investors in a upstart hunch that a doc has about something that that we think has you know validity and so we want to help fund that and we've already seen i don't know probably a, a solid five or six projects that we gave some initial funding to uh, they have then proved those hunches out and have gone on to get secure much larger grants to then full, do full-blown programs and then start clinical trials which is mm. cool as hell yeah that's definitely cool you know when you said we try to help people with our attitudes it's when people look to hire me they're like yeah you know we feel like you know, we, we don't want to like our people to think they got crappy attitudes. So like, <laughs> yeah. you know, how, can we repackage you or anything like that? And, and, um, you know, attitude that we, we, we try to teach people and, and on the cover of the book, you'll see, it says, get attitude. Like that's my thing, get attitude. And people are like, yeah, you know, I got an attitude. I got attitude. <laughs> and I'm like, no, that's not what I'm saying. And, um, I always relate it back to, <clears throat> I've seen rich people go broke. I've seen happy, long married couples get divorced. I've seen perfectly healthy people become diabetes and cancer ridden, right? Why? Because they didn't get attitude about their finances. They didn't get attitude about their marriage. They didn't get attitude about their health until when, right? Until it was too late. And so, you know, what I always try to encourage people to do and and your listeners is what is it in your life that you feel like you need to become more proactive with? And, and let's be honest, in America, guys, it's not real hard to tell you. For 70% of us, we just need to look in the mirror <laughs> and take off your clothes and jump up and down and go, okay, maybe I'm 10 to 15 pounds too heavy, right? Like it's, we call that the mirror test. And so um, that eat right and um, exercise part, uh, we I do a lot with... Folks that are like, I just can't get, I just can't stay on a diet. I don't have the attitude. It's too late. I, I, it's just too much. And I said, you know, eat right and exercise. I didn't invent that, right? But it's like the most powerful thing you can do for your mind 
is just to simply, I mean, the, the food that is put into Americans is crazy if you study it. What we consume and what our children consume is disgusting. And we all look and we all go, okay, we're the fattest nation in America. I'm like, well, God, look what we're eating, right? So um, <clears throat> my, and I, I would, and, and a lot of this is cancer causing when it's all said and done. Right. And I'm like, I, I got an idea. Just eat vegetables for a year, only vegetables, and walk a mile a day and look at the difference it'll make in 365 days. And people have done that. They have the new 75-day hard and soft 75 and day hard yeah, yeah yeah i mean yeah. crazy so um <clears throat> that's just you know what we may have missed is um to ask the people that are listening to this what is it in my life whether it's finances whether it's my health it could be spiritually it could be emotionally like what do i need to get attitude about what do i need to change um because you're not made to settle right the thing that frustrates me the most people just settle and they go yeah you know i mean they live in this state of certainty and they don't want to create any uncertainty and they go, I'll just settle. And, um, I just, you know, that's not what I teach, right? This isn't what I talk about. And so I try to create momentum in people's lives. I try to help them understand that settling is not natural and it's not going to keep you positive. And most people that come to me depressed and down and they, or they have a terrible work setting, you know, I can identify right now, uh, it usually comes down to certainty. It comes down to everybody's comfortable, everybody's certain, and that's the quickest way to, to fail. So, yeah. yeah. Well, GB, we appreciate you taking the time out of your very busy schedule to sure. join us today. Um, it means a lot to me, and hopefully all of our listeners took a few nuggets of wisdom out of this, uh, this episode. Um, Glenn can be found all over the place. Yeah. Look for Get Attitude, <laughs> Glenn Bill. Um, you'll find him. Um, Thank you all for listening in, whether you're uh, tuning into a podcast uh, or our podcast via um, one of the different um, channels or mediums out there, or you're listening and watching us on our YouTube channel. We appreciate you. Um, again, if you're on YouTube and you haven't subscribed to this to the Heroes Foundations page, please do so. Hit that notification bell. And uh, once again, thanks. thank you for joining us today, and be cancer.